Welcome back. This is the second edition of Mental Dump. Hopefully it doesn't stink. Ah, Let's see here. I have several things that I've written down in the past few weeks as per usual, per as usual. First on my list is Kobe Bryant. We lost Kobe Bryant on January 26th to a helicopter crash. Uh, This took his life as well as one of his daughters and seven other people that were with him. I started writing this last week, but I still have not seen 100% confirmation on the other passengers. But a New York Times article published on January 27th listed the other passengers as a mother and daughter, Sarah and Peyton Chester, Christina Mauser, a coach that worked with Kobe's daughter, Gianna, Uh, I'm assuming that's right. Gianna, Gianna, I would say Gianna. John Altabelli, who was a longtime baseball coach at Orange Coast College in Costa Mesa. Uh, John Altabelli's wife, Carrie, and their daughter, Alyssa, were also on the list of passengers. Lastly, the pilot. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's Ara or Era, Ara Zobayan. Uh, I've yet to see anyone share anything about any of those other people on social media. But what I have seen, and what I'm sure a lot of you saw for two or three days at least, people clinging on to Kobe being a quote-unquote rapist and alluding to women around the world now feeling safer that he has been taken out. I think that is (sighs) very uncouth, unnecessary, and accusatory. If you were not involved in the trial, you did not know anyone involved in the trial, you don't know anyone involved in the sexual assault case, how can you comfortably assume this specific allegation equates to a continued lifetime of rape and assault? I couldn't even see anywhere that he was proven guilty, so it can only be an assumption that he was some sort of serial rapist and deserved to perish. The praise for his death and all the memes are a bit grotesque, but I guess I could see sexual assault victims being a little more sensitive to this matter and maybe involuntarily siding with the victim in the 2003 trial. Alleged victim. But you never know what happens behind closed doors, right? You can only assume. Assumption, as a basis, should be linked with being somewhat agnostic as well. But what gets me is there seems to be a lot of people hammering down on anyone honoring Kobe just because he wasn't perfect. I did see somewhere that he admitted to having intercourse, but did not admit to the alleged assault or rape. And then people were saying, well, yeah, there was no conviction because he paid her off. They settled out of court, paid her off to keep her quiet. Ha. Okay. Um, Can you prove that? Do you know this for a fact? Did you talk to Kobe about it? (laughs) Do you have any idea how much legal fees are? I just don't understand. There's so much assumption. Everyone clings to this assumption just so you can have some sort of formulated opinion and feel good about the stance you have because of this formulated opinion based on assumption. You freaking silly head. You can't do that, man. Or woman. 
whatever. Look, if you've listened to one or more of my podcasts, you've probably noticed I like to look at things from different perspectives. So let's put this into a different perspective. How about you come into a bit of fame and stardom? This puts you in the spotlight. So now everyone can judge you and your actions throughout your entire life. How are you feeling right now under the microscope? Oh, you feel okay? You feel pretty good? Well, you're not thinking hard enough and thinking about all the shitty things you've done in your life that some people can probably prove, but you don't worry about it. It's not going to see the light of day. And you're also not worried about it because you're too busy talking shit about other people. Anyway, if you think about that, you think about being under the microscope, do you think you are a better person than, let's say, Kobe? Do you have any idea how much charity work him and his family have done? How, how many donations? How much money has been given? If not, maybe look it up. If so, then could you say the same for yourself? Could you have given that same ratio, done that same amount of charity work? If so, that is awesome. You are an awesome person. And I bet a lot of this stuff that I've already mentioned doesn't apply to you, which is awesome. But I'm mainly talking about the people who are condemning him for what seems to be pure assumption and troll-like behavior. It's fucking gross and pointless. Well, maybe not totally pointless. I have no idea what some people's motives and true intentions are, but a lot of the stuff I see just seems very unnecessary. You also have to take into consideration that he was very young when this came about, young and famous at that, touring around the country, playing basketball. But his marriage survived all of this, and he had four children afterwards, one of which just died. So give him a freaking break. Let the man rest in peace. Look, I'm just going to say, hope that when you die, that one bad thing you did in your life isn't going to be amplified and shared and mocked on the day of your death. And you know, besides doing a little bit of research for this podcast, I previously couldn't tell you one single fact about Kobe or one of his games he played or things that he did because I've never been much into basketball and I've not been a direct fan of his. I say this because I don't want someone thinking that I'm some sort of super fan and that he's my hero. It's just, it's not like that. It's just very, very hard for me to take sides on any sort of thing these days because I'm rarely presented with enough information to make that call. Sure, I have opinions and I might have some possible solutions from my perspective, but there are always so many other perspectives to consider, and I don't feel like many people consider those other perspectives. People just get very reactionary and very clingy and very tribal with certain things and events a lot of times, and a lot of times it doesn't really benefit anyone. That's pretty much all I had to say about Kobe, but there's also a part in here about an MSNBC reporter who was reporting on Kobe's death. And I wanted to talk about that for a second. What had happened was there was an MSNBC reporter reporting Kobe's death, and she appears to have misspoken when announcing the death, and people thought she said the N-word. You know what word I'm talking about. She claimed, after the fact, uh, I believe on Twitter, that she misstepped and was about to say Knicks instead of Lakers, and in correcting herself, she combined the two words and said, listen carefully, N-A-K-E-R-S, Nakers, Nakers. 
is what she claims she said. I can't say that I hear that word specifically when I hear the audio, but if you are combining Knicks and Lakers and you say Knicks first, to me that would come out Nick-ers, right? I think she was just trying to avoid getting even closer to the N-word, so she said acres instead. But anyway, both would sound like the N-word. Regardless of any of that, I saw people commenting about her pausing for a moment before saying the word, which in their opinion means she actually thought about what she was going to say, and she said the N-word intentionally. Does that not seem absurd that a reporter would say the n-word intentionally on live television about someone who just died do you really think she was doing that on purpose do you think she was trying to get fired do you think she did it on purpose so she could ruin her career if she wanted to ruin her career why would she apologize for it afterwards i'm not an expert on human communication when it comes to the way people talk or the way they pause the way they emphasize words or anything like that but the pause that people are referring to stands out to me as though she's lost in what she's saying and almost like she's reading something off a piece of paper and lost her place and what she was reading and was trying to recall the words on the spot. And this is obviously a very intense moment for this announcement of a celebrity's death, especially in such a tragic way. And, you know, I didn't see the entire broadcast and I have no idea what her normal schedule is or anything, but maybe she got called in at the last second to report this. And maybe someone handed her something that wasn't worded the way she would like to word it. And she was trying to alter it on the spot or just misspoke or misread or whatever. There could be all sorts of different reasons why that happened, but no one gives a shit. All we care about is that a rapist is dead and a woman who didn't say a word right lost her job. Just as fucking served, right? Once again, this was a portion written last week, so it's worded from last week. Here we go. Seeing all this crap for the past couple of days has really frustrated me when I get on social media because I see people being so mean to each other, and they don't even know any of the people that passed away in the helicopter besides Kobe. They don't even know who that reporter was that lost their job. They don't know anything about anything, and it's just basically a battle of opinions. I posted something on Facebook last week reminding everyone that none of us are perfect and we all make mistakes that we deal with for the rest of our lives and basically for everyone to just be mindful of how they share and stand by their opinions and basically to stop being a butthole to one another. Someone I've known for a very long time commented on that post about some metaphysical type perspectives that in my opinion didn't really seem to grasp the point of my post. The way those comments were worded, it somewhat solidified my thoughts of this person previously. It seemed to me that they would comment on some of my posts in what seems to me mostly a quote-unquote matter-of-fact kind of way. Kind of like a very religious or spiritual type person telling you in a very lengthy and roundabout way that they know more than you do and that your intentions are cute but likely wrong. And I'm not saying this person is wrong and I'm right or that they're right and I'm wrong. Uh, it's not like that. I just have not had the best of encounters with them over the years. And for whatever reason, those comments got under my skin enough that I decided to cut our Facebook cord that day. I was noticing how this person's words affected me and my mood. And I thought very hard about why that was. 
I thought about the relationship we've had over the years and how I can't really recall having a genuinely happy feeling around them before. Sure, we shared some laughs and had some good times, but it wasn't ever just us two. I don't really know what I was holding on to or waiting for all this time, but I felt happy to move on from that. I know it's just Facebook and we could probably run into each other one day in person or he can he can call me. He has my number. I don't plan to block his number or I don't have any hate for him or anything. I'm just trying to make as much of my uh, Facebook experience as happy as possible. I'm well aware that some things about him I could very well be projecting, but I'm going to go on record here and say that I'm about 95, 98% sure that I am not misreading someone that I've known for over 20 years. And you know, it's not just about this person specifically. It's also based on interactions we've had with other people and close friends and in situations like that that involve both of us. This is mainly about my happiness, not pleasing someone else by pretending or forcing a friendship. I'm not trying to dog anybody here. I'm being extremely honest. And uh, I originally didn't intend on putting this out there, but I feel like I need to, to clear my conscience. And I also would like to reflect on this later and see if I still feel the same way. Okay, enough of that. Moving on. So I had to mention, I've, I've talked about this a couple of times before, and the uh, reincarnation stuff that I've mentioned where I think that there could be like a, a softball size soul-like essence that would, you know, float out of your body and into a different place, into some sort of giant lottery wheel that that uh, rolls all of these soul balls around and shoots one out into the next open body or entity or whatever. Thinking about people who die for, you know, several minutes and then are brought back to life, that almost shatters that thought of mine. I wonder if, um, you know, if that is similar to what could happen. I wonder if there's some sort of grace period. What if you died and you passed that grace period and that soul bubble went into the sky or wherever it is. And, and then as you were brought back to life, what if a different soul bubble entered your body? You'd be a different person. That would be super weird. (laughs) Anyway, I was just thinking about that the other day when I heard someone, you know, being brought back to life after a few minutes. Uh, I wonder if there is like a grace period of your soul just kind of floating around in your dead body, you know. Anyway, I'm done with that one. We as people who interact with other people on a daily basis and find ourselves looking at reviews for movies and products before spending our hard-earned money on them need to focus on being more of a pillar of positivity rather than a negative Nancy. For example, I have a friend going through quite a bit of different things at the moment, and one of his issues at work and at home is seemingly not being appreciated for the hard work that he does. In a fast-paced work environment, it's hard to break stride and compliment someone or give them the praise they really deserve in tough situations. So it's not to say that some people's hard work isn't appreciated, it's just not properly conveyed. If it is conveyed, it's probably not often enough to make a lasting impression. It's a little discouraging in a workplace when you're constantly being asked for more or less or why isn't this right and things just expressed out of frustration and sometimes misunderstanding instead of just approaching it with a little more appreciation and wording things just a little differently like, I really like how you did this, but do you think you can do it this way next time? I mean, how hard is that to say? Instead of, why the fuck did you do it this way? Do it like this. 
I mean, that's, that does not motivate people. How does it make you feel when other people talk to you that way? Is it normal? Does it, does it not affect your mood at all? I just think if you're in more control of yourself, you could ask the same question and maybe even get a more enthusiastic response if you frame it completely different. You don't have to be an actor and and play dumb or anything, but I mean, you could say stuff like, hmm, interesting. I don't remember this being done that way before. What was the reason why you did it that way? Maybe that sounds dumb to you. I don't know, but I think it's a better way of handling something if you don't want confrontation. I mean, but if you don't care about confrontation and all you want to do is just flex on people all day, then I mean, I guess you're just going to do that. But I hope you realize that it makes people not want to work with you, I think. The same could be said for home life. If your partner never thanks you for anything and has no problem pointing out faults and criticizing things, it's that's got to be tough. And they very well might not realize that they're doing that. So it might be a good idea to speak up and say something if you don't. But remember, it's the way that you speak up that's going to kind of direct where that conversation is going to go. If you blow up in their face, that's probably not going to work very well. If you present something in a you know positive, calm manner, you would think you'd get something similar in return. And if not, mm, that's probably not a good situation that you're in. I'm not telling you to get rid of your partner. I'm just saying something, something's got to give at some point. And, you know, maybe you're listening to this and thinking, shit, maybe I do that. Maybe my partner doesn't say that I'm being that way. And if, if you are questioning yourself in the slightest, I would definitely keep that in mind next time you have an exchange with your partner. Pay attention to how you react. Pay attention to how they react. Step outside of the conversation for a second and see if you can picture someone else having that conversation and how it looks to you, if that's possible. But it's not a matter of just saying thank you to your partner or anything. There's other ways you can show appreciation, whether it be physical or gifting something or, you know, whatever. You have you you have your ways with your partner. Just like with my wife, when we go to a, a certain place, she pays for the certain place. Whenever we go to this other place, I always pay. It's not even a, like, spoken thing. Sometimes it might change, but I'm going to say nine out of ten times it works that way. And sometimes we don't say thank you. It's just... Um, it, it, it's understood. There's no misunderstanding there. But still, a, a little thank you might not mean much to you, whether giving or receiving, but you don't really know what the other person feels or how much it affects them when they do or do not get that thank you. You could and should apply this to reviewing products and movies like I mentioned earlier just the same. If you find yourself looking at a review somewhere or for something and you don't leave reviews yourself, does that not seem a little silly? I think it definitely seems silly, and I am definitely guilty of that. That's why I'm saying this. I'm trying to hold myself accountable and I'm trying to correct that. And I'm telling you, so maybe you can make that realization and correct that if that's what's going on. My wife reviews a ton of stuff every time we go on trips or out to eat or whatever. And it's not just because we had a terrible experience or even a really, really good experience. Most of the time, it's just sharing an experience. If you find yourself only leaving a review because you felt like you got taken advantage of or felt cheated but you never leave a review when you have a wonderful experience or an, an amazing experience or even just an okay experience, are you, are you only motivated by negativity? Because that's what it kind of sounds like, right? If you find yourself only speaking up when something bad happens or someone has wronged you in a way, you might be more motivated with negativity. And I think that subconscious behavior should kind of be eradicated because usually motivation that comes from something negative is typically going to be somewhat negative just the same. That can be said about greeting people as well, just like I've mentioned before, where I would immediately blurt out something negative that's going on in my life when someone asks me how I'm doing. That's the kind of shit you want to stay away from. 
you're probably not even accurately measuring your life when someone asks you how you are and you say you've been better and you've been dealing with this and this and this and this and you just completely disregard all the positive things and beneficial things going on in your life. But uh, perhaps it could be an accurate representation if you're homeless and have cancer and can put all your possessions in a plastic bag. But I'd be willing to bet that the people that are actually that far down aren't focusing on the negative as much as the person who just came out of a grocery store and held the door open for someone without getting a thank you and then dropped a jar of pasta on the parking lot and came home to dog shit on the carpet and whatever other little thing that frustrates them. I'd be willing to bet that those people complain more than the people that have almost less than nothing. Don't disregard your fortunes and instead focus on your misfortunes. You'll never get out of the hole. You just keep pulling up the negative shit and piling it on top of yourself. Just try to be positive for like a few days, maybe even a week. Just as soon as something negative comes into your head, just push that shit off to the side, keep a smile on your face, and stay positive. Try to be as happy as you possibly can in the most fucked up situations. That is so hard to do, but it can be done. You can do it. Don't be scared of it. Don't give in to the anger. Don't give in to the frustration and just dwell in it and just swim in it. Don't do that. It does not help. Get out of that gross water and start being more positive. See how it affects the people around you and the conversations you have. See if it affects the way you see your life, see yourself, see things around you. I think you will notice a difference. If you try and try and try your damnedest to do that, and you know you've given it a thousand percent and it's not working for you, let me know. I want to hear about it. I want to talk to you about it. I want to know why. I want to help. Okay, I don't know how productive this uh, episode has been, but that's pretty much all I had. But I did want to add here an experience that I just had before recording this because I thought it was funny. But it's not funny. It's actually really sad. Okay, so someone was asking about podcast recommendations, and the comment section became kind of a war zone. People talking shit about certain podcasts and certain people. And I jumped in at one point because... Someone recommended Sam Harris's podcast and someone else said, uh, I don't know what he said, but he basically called him a white supremacist, which if you know anything about Sam Harris, if you've listened to any of his podcasts, if you've read any of his books, that is laughable and there's no basis for it. So I mentioned to ignore the comment about him being a supremacist and the person's justification in Sam Harris being a white supremacist is, let's, let's just quote this, quote, Sam Harris is in league with Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro, other known white supremacists. I'm not sure what other kind of information you really need, but everyone involved in the intellectual dark web is kind of a huge disingenuous dumbass and pretty embarrassing proclaimed smart people, end quote. Once again, funny, but not so funny and kind of sad. So according to that comment, Sam Harris is a white supremacist because of association only. That's, that's pretty much it. Associated with Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro and also associated with the intellectual dark web, which is a bunch of disingenuous dumbasses. Um, I don't understand where that comes from. If it comes from a news article, if it comes from a you know two and a half minute clip that someone else was talking about them, sharing their opinion about Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, intellectual dark web, whatever, all that crap. It doesn't matter. It's all opinion. It's all assumption. It's all, there's no facts. There's nothing. It's all hearsay. I don't know what, what, what videos, what podcasts, what articles that this person has read or seen, but to come to those conclusions, it just boggles my mind because I haven't found much 
wrong or many things that I don't resonate with that he says necessarily, at least not off the top of my head. But I have listened to every single one of his podcasts and I've read a couple of his books. I'm not saying that I know him, but if I have to come to bat for him after having all those things under my belt and someone else has invested no more than 10 minutes into reading an article or watching a couple of videos. Uh, I'm not saying this person only has invested 10 minutes, but most people would. It'd just be a quick little bit of research and I gather my opinion. I know everything about this person. You're wrong. And that I think that's ridiculous. There's so many conversations in depth about this topic specifically and how ridiculous it is that he gets lumped into these categories just by either videos that have been uh, chopped up or audio that's been chopped up to make him say things that are inaccurate or what weren't actually said or just completely taken out of context. And that's what you go off of. But I don't know what I'm talking about though, right? I'm, you know, <laughs> whatever. Everyone knows everything, right? This whole podcast was a waste of time for you. You know all this shit. It's all good. Anyway, whatever. I'm going to get out of here. It was real fun, you know? <laughs> See you next time. Rusty's Escape Pod. Rusty's Escape Pod.